have tons of things that Jamie has said and Jesse has said out of context that are really TikTok worthy and I'm, I'm just kind of waiting for the day that Brittany needs to come and chat with me about them and, oh, yes. and make like some sort of splash reel. I, I feel fun. like that's something that we need to get yes. rolling. Okay, I'll get on it. But until then, hello and welcome to Red Raccoon Games, your source for tabletop gaming news in Bloomington, Illinois and beyond. I'm your host, John Parrott, and with me today is the energetic staff members of my friendly local game store, Red Raccoon Games. The people I've managed to lure into talking about games with me today are... Hey, I'm Ryan. Alexis. And Jessica. And this is take two because technical difficulties, you know what I mean? They just happen. And they're no one's fault. And we don't need to point fingers to the one person that puts all this stuff together. Definitely no, John's fault. definitely it's not. Definitely. John's trying to silence me. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> She's on to me. I blame um, Jamie. Yeah, thank you. See, that's what I'm saying. Let's spread some love here. <laughs> um, so this is actually a Jamie-free episode, which is sometimes a rare thing, but I'm happy to have the staff members alone here, so we can definitely talk about him behind his back. Jesse is listening in from a far-off location <laughs> so that he can report as need be. However, with Je uh, with Jamie not here and Jesse in occupied, uh, I was wondering how the store was this week for you guys. It has been very busy. I very bet. Busy. We are now in holiday season, and yes. it shows from the sound of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We had the stocking stuffer sale on Thursday? Saturday. Saturday. That was yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday was such a long day. Because it was also yeah. Gamers Night. Yes. It was. G-A-Y. Yeah. yeah. It's so clever, and when you just say it, it's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> Uh, how was Gamers Night? I was not here, but just it was us. it was good. It was good. Uh, we we had a decent turnout. Although, according to the uh, gentleman from Prairie Pride Coalition, it wasn't as good of a turnout. And I'm like, maybe it's because it's been a while since I've been here. But like, 13 seems pretty good to me. And he's like, no, no. This summer we had like 42 people. Yeah, yeah it was full down here. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, that's that's awesome. It's still it's good turnouts. It's um, you know seeing people come back. Uh, I know one person has uh, that I, I saw first come in at a ladies' night, and and seeing them come back and and just be a lot more confident about who they are um, is something I'm super proud of. So getting getting to see the the community grow and uh, see how that helps the people. Uh, around it and you know watch some of these kids grow up into young confident adults we've also been seeing uh more and more of our magic players which is nice, it is nice. um we had a friday night magic that had like 16 17 oh my god and it was like what <laughs> Um, I will say we are in the midst of the Illinois winters, which proceed for seven months out of the year because we get our two days of fall and then it's straight in. Um, so that might be part of the reason why people are not wanting to, to come out to events like this. However, hopefully when we have the new game store all up and running and we have this immense basement and immense, I'm making up words today. Immense and massive. Yes. Expansive? That's even better. That too. <laughs> um, but we'll have much more gaming space to play because I know that 
some people are just like, well, I don't really want to get out in the cold to go to the basement where I don't know how many people are going to be there. It's going to be maybe uncomfortable. So hopefully that new space that we'll have is going to work out great, especially with our private rooms, which we'll record this podcast in. That's true. It'll uh, be nice. But for right now, we are still working at the old store, the current store, the amazing store, as it is. The store that started it all. The store that started it <laughs> all. Actually, well, that's not it's the true. second location, yeah. because Grafalia's was in a smaller... That. Oh, it's, it's no <laughs> okay. longer... Okay, that's okay. good to know. I did uh, not know yeah, that. I'm going to tell Ken. We can count Grafalia's, just not the first location. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. I'm telling Ken. Hot takes. <laughs> we'll get Ken on for a rebuttal here soon. Okay. However, um, I was wondering, what games have you guys gotten on the table lately as our resident gameologists? So, Zombicide, Undead, or Alive is one that I broke out very recently. Um, you got it, like just yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Broke it out that night. <laughs> uh, it, it was Friday. It was Friday. We okay. broke it out Friday night. Um, we, we stumbled a little bit on the rules, but it it's a pretty quick learn if you play the other Zombicide games. And it's got a lot of, like, fun Wild West flair to it, since that's how it's it's set up. Uh, one of the extra boxes has steampunk characters, which I'm super looking forward to trying out. But I'm like, the first first run of the game, we just got to go vanilla. What's yep. in the base game? Um, so we we happen to draw an abomination like every round. <laughs> like we would knock it down and be like, okay. And then I would start drawing the cards for the for the zombies and like second card every time was the abomination and i'm like i i swear guys i, I shuffled these cards <laughs> i shuffled them the whole time i was sleeving them that's when you and then i shuffled them. them again okay just making sure yeah so but um i mean we we still got through it it went really well um just all kinds of fun and shenanigans i i tapped out after the first couple of games <laughs> and my my husband and our friends kept playing until two in the morning so they had a ton of fun apparently yeah now are you aware that simon has uh announced that they're doing a second run of their comic book series where they will have new characters for zombie side dead and alive the other zombie sides and alexis cthulhu death may die you might actually get some this time and i'm not just gonna steal it from you oh i got the I got the comic book extras. Oh, you got the characters, but you did not get the comic book, no, correct? No. What? What's going on? I thought that you there was um, animosity between us I over this. There was something else that I didn't get that you grabbed, but I definitely or we got more in. I, oh, I, 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 I did end up getting in. it. Okay, well that's all that matters. I'm glad that we're back to being friends again. That's really good. <laughs> um, speak cool box. No, but oh, I'm okay. gonna get the from the new <laughs> The flex. Yeah, well, oh, I don't have it. Oh, that was no, that no. was just me gonna be angry if John did. No. Not angry. That's fair. Uh, so many people were so for those of you that don't know, Cthulhu Death May Die during their Kickstarter uh, had an unspeakable box uh, that became a hot commodity as soon as the game was realized to be amazing. Uh, it was selling for like four hundred dollars, and Simon has republished it now with their second Kickstarter for Death May Die, and <laughs> there are so many angry people who have tried to sell it and then now have to sell it at a lower price or have bought it and now feel very silly for. Yeah, spending four hundred dollars for a sixty dollars box. But they they spent four hundred dollars and they got it before everybody else did. That's true. So I mean, there there's something to be said for that, and um, you know, it's also Simon recognizing that there's a want for a product and them putting that out there. 
That's true. And we're happy to see that because I know that there's yeah. a lot of people that are happy to have that box back. Jessica, the voice of the people, the voice <laughs> of the companies, the voice of everyone. How can we make everyone happy? I um, mean, it's, it's better than that one time a company which shall not be named printed cards for $1,000 for four packs. Oh, I think we're going to be talking about them later on today. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, they're coming up. They, those, yeah. Were those not even real cards? Or, the, they're or not, this a different They're one? not legal. To yeah. use, yeah. so you were yeah. you were paying a lot of money to get that joy of opening those packs, but then have that crushing realization <laughs> that you never get to use <laughs> the cards in actual legal play. So I know there is in the video game world uh, a new box for Diablo Four coming out. It's a collector's edition. It's over a hundred dollars. It's beautiful and massive, but does not include the game itself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just I do didn't some beeping. Yeah, it's oh, it's man. kind of insane. It's not great. It's not great. Well, you know, sometimes Blizzard's gotta gotta Blizz. one up the wizards. <laughs> Blizzard versus <laughs> wizards. That I would pay to see. Alexis, what have you gotten on your table lately? So I went to open up the board game stats app to look because memory's never great. They have an update that there is an alphabet challenge now, so you can you can play the alphabet, and that makes me very very intrigued. And one hundred percent, that is a challenge I am setting for next year. As and I'm guessing, I haven't clicked all the way in yet. Like you're gonna play a game that starts with A, a game that starts with. Oh, okay, all right. I I thought that we were versus the alphabet, which I did not know was an entity all (laughs) to itself. Or I Um, thought it was a rapper. I don't know. So I played Versailles. Which is a simple worker placement kind of game. You are going around and getting the resources to build this palace. And the king advances, so there's a few different ways for the game to end. It looks more complicated than it was, so it was, it was a nice nice little, I don't know, I don't want to say refresher, but it was early enough in the day that I did not want something super complicated, so Fair that, that was yeah, good. Yeah. And then, it's like your early morning coffee yeah. board game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that night I played four simple games, which was really nice to just, like, jam four games out. Nice. And it was, was it Gold Ahoy, which wasn't anything spectacular. It was a little tie-out placement. Super easy. T-Dragon Society. Love Dog Lover. Game. I hadn't played Dog Lover before or Cat Lady. So that was neat. And then Railroad Inc. Railroad Inc. is one of my personal favorites. Yeah. Just to, like, relax with. What about you, Ryan? I taught Three Dragon Ante to Ariel and Ben, which was a fantastic experience. (laughs) Especially because immediately afterwards, Ariel started to build a Three Dragon Ante uh, homebrew mod into Roll20 with the original cards. Um, And Ben was just like, also put in a special order for me. (laughs) Nice. I'm just like... Sold. Y'all know this game is old, right? <laughs> I, I saw that for Ben and I was like, okay, it's on back order, Ben. Good luck. Yeah. That's one thing I think some people don't really realize about board games is like they're kind of like books almost. Like you can pray that there's going to be more editions of yeah. it, but that's not always what happens. What's out there is sometimes just what's out there. I know Jamie has many board games that he's shown me. He's like, yeah, well, there's no way you're ever going to get this. So I'm sorry. Yeah. He was talking about Formula Day the other day, and it sounds like the most amazing racing game ever. And he's like, yeah, they haven't published that in like 15 years, so maps that's go for like $200. I really want Ex Libris, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Have you played Mosaic? 
I want to say yes, but okay. I play so much that I right. can't. I need to look at the box. I had forgot I played it. So the one we have is the Colossal Edition. It's like the massive box. Uh, it's like ancient civilization. I played it. I figured we could riff if you had played it, but you haven't. And no, I don't want to do that alone, so it's okay. That's fair. Yeah. Joint riffing is usually the way to go. Yeah. Um, but what we can riff on is some of the news that is coming out this week. Because okay. where do we want to start? Anybody have any preferences? Because we got we got three, two pieces of news that are kind of interesting. We got one piece of news that is going to delve into a space that the podcast normally doesn't go, and one of the reasons why I had a special request for Jessica to be on here. So, hey. do we save that to the end, or do we go ahead Ooh. and jump into it right away? Ooh, I'm I'm fine with jumping. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, so you sent this to me, um, and it was something that I had already seen. I think most people have seen, even if they're not in this board game space. Fair, fair. So Henry Cavill um, <laughs> is is looking to start a Warhammer 40k cinematic universe. Um, and you mentioned that he had stepped down from The Witcher and from Superman. Um so they've got Liam Hemsworth taking over in The Witcher. Which, by the way, if they'd said this was going to be like a prequel series to The Witcher and just left it where it was, would have totally lived with Liam Hemsworth. Like, give me early Gerald, I would have been fine with that. But him taking after Cavill does not make sense in my brain. So, I mean, if if they do it as like a kind of as a like time jump or something, I can see that. And there's there's a lot of kind of space in the books and i i would like to think that they're they're gonna set up for a way that's gonna make sense and i know that there's there's sections of the books that i would dearly love to see um i've i've watched liam hemsworth in some things uh probably the most recent thing has been westworld um pretty sure that's Liam Hemsworth. Uh, that's uh, Stubbs. The, like, security guard guy? Maybe? Uh, is it in the latest season? I don't think so it's the latest season. He's from the first season all the way oh, through. Oh, no, I don't think that... That's not Liam Hemsworth. That's mm-hmm. that's another brother. Luke. Luke? That is Luke Hemsworth. Oh, no. I'm too gay to pay attention to the Hemsworth that's, brothers. That's fair, yes. That's oh, kind but of they're a... so fabulous. So, I mean, even... Outside of Chris, the rest of them are just a blur. And that's only because I watch Marvel movies. I didn't even okay. know this one existed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, my bad. My He's bad. Been I would... a few things. Yeah. Well, I... well, we are now showing a picture to Jessica. She's digesting yes. this information. Um, He was the one that dated Miley Cyrus. Correct. Okay. Um, Does that fall under your radar at all, Ryan? Okay, just trying to okay. figure that out. Hey, Miley's, Luke, Miley's Luke gay Hemsworth. enough now. She's not my type, though. That's oh, yeah. okay. I, okay, that's fair. <laughs> Ryan's like, usually I go for something a little bit more stable. Fair. <laughs> Good for you. That's Have standards. Muscular. Oh. Uh, Anyways. <laughs> um, okay, so me getting my Hemsworths mixed up aside. They're they're all gorgeous. Um, and I'm, I'm sure if Chris and Luke can act, Liam's probably also great. Uh, what was, uh, Liam has been in the Hunger, Hunger Games, Games is where yes. he comes from mostly. Lots of average Hemworth. Yeah. I Dear mean, John it's, with it's Miley Cyrus. Yeah. <laughs> um, he apparently was in Expendables 2. 
Did a I lot of that? people were reading Expendables too. That's fair. That's, fair. that's, that's <laughs> yeah. not really much. Anyways, okay. Yes. So now, now that I've announced the world that I don't know one L Hemsworth against another L Hemsworth, <laughs> um, I feel super embarrassed now because I was all like, "Yeah." But you see now why I'm saying like, if it was a younger version, I might dig it. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because I think Luke would have been a better choice there because he's got that like older, kind of gruffer. gruff. Yes, I would have yeah. been down for that. That would have made more sense to uh, me. Maybe it's just all a mistake. Maybe everyone thought. <laughs> Maybe like, everybody thought it was it like was the Liam. producers are like, <laughs> like so oh, it's Liam. Luke. It's oh, it's Luke. Huh, okay. We we request humbly that you bring your brother. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we got the wrong one. Um, <laughs> it was L. Luke on both of them. I mean, L. Hemsworth nope. on both of them. It was an honest mistake. Oh, I'm a little bit less excited, but still. I mean, I I think I I would like to think that there's there's somebody with the the acting chops out there that that can pick up from that, and you know it'll it'll be interesting to see how they how they play that through so we've still got a season left with with cavill and then they they start that'll be season four would be the the next uh the new witcher and we'll have the prequel series coming out as well however let's talk about why henry cavill is leaving because what we've learned is that he, he stepped away from The Witcher. Everyone was sad, lamented, tore their clothes, put ash upon their head, all of that. Uh, but then there was this weirdness that was going on with, is he coming back to the DC cinematic universe? Because, you know, James Gunn coming over, we know that they had a conversation, there's been a lot of speculation. I believe that there's some spoiler-type information that I don't want to share on this podcast about it. Um, but Cavill did announce like publicly made an announcement that he was returning to the red cape. He was, he was bringing back Superman. He did say that. And then they had him wheel that back a couple months later. Well, so I have a theory about that, but we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, so yes. I have a theory about it as well, but okay. I wonder if it's the same theory. Well, we'll, okay. We'll talk about it here after we're done. Cause I want to get to the actual gaming stuff. (laughs) Gerald, I can, like, run the game by this DC Cinematic Universe stuff. I want to, let's get focused. Um, Because Cavill is actually going to go after what I assume for him would be a passion project, and that is creating the Warhammer 40k universe, which, if you've seen him on any sort of talk show, every single host loves to needle this man about being a nerd and a geek and a dork and they just all love to be like well what about your little figurines do you paint them (laughs) what do you do after you paint them even graham norton was pretty annoying about it but but i mean he did get tom holland interested it's true and like I, I want to see, I want to see that live. Like watch those two play some Warhammer, roll some dice. Just imagine them both in sweats in some sort of weird community room in one of their giant houses. Like, that just is with perfectly two armies fine. like facing each other and measuring things. Yeah, is Malone playing Magic in the corner? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does does Post I mean, it's play magic? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He oh, does. he loves magic. <laughs> We're everywhere now. We finally infiltrated <laughs> yeah. every part of society. Well, I'm like it's. I mean, there's more and more celebrities, like, coming out as nerds. Because, I mean, we've got, like, Vin Diesel and Joe Manganiello. They're both into... Yes. Yeah. Was so, Joe Manganiello anything other? Maybe my introduction to him was He's, he's an actor, a yes. He did... He, he was he in knew. True Blood was the first time I saw him. Then I think they had him in Magic Mike. I've still never seen that. Um, the first time that I've ever seen him was in critical role so it's a solid possibility that i was just like 
He did some other. He's so excitable. How could he be like in the closet Anything else? being a nerd? Yeah, no. Do you know that he's married to um, the Gloria from Modern Family? Oh, crickets. You don't even know. I have no idea who these people <sighs> I can't are. Okay. I will say though that apparently they went to a wedding one time, and his wife was really upset because uh, it was apparently very much a nerd wedding, and everyone went up to him and talked to him about stealing the hand of Vecna, <laughs> uh, and like totally derailed the wedding. Um, however, yeah, so we are just, wow, this is going to be a tangent episode, guys. Like, I Jamie's not here. We gotta, I know. We're doing it. We should. We should. All right. Um, this but is yes. what you get for bringing me back into the fold. That's true, Jessica. It's your energy that this is all your fault. But <laughs> use that energy never get now. to talk to each other. Like, it it's just true. happens. Yeah. Do I just need to step out of the room and let you guys, like, just chit-chat? I don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't need to host this. Yeah. But, I mean. Just an hour of tangent talk. Yeah. So, so much for him being the host. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. It's like, um, right Bye, John. I'm the host now. Oh, no. I've been absurd. <laughs> uh, so here's my question. 40K universe. Jessica, you're the most familiar of us about it here. I, I know some tangential information. I don't know where you guys are. Um, osmosis. Yeah. So how do you make a series where you know nothing good is going to happen? Have you seen Game of Thrones? Yeah, I realized that <laughs> as soon as it was coming out of my mouth. Like, I should have seen that coming. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, there's a, Game of Thrones, I guess, feels like there's more of a, a sparse land between areas. And I always felt like that was its saving grace. Like, there was bad things happening, but at least there was space between bad things happening. In, in 40K, everything bad is happening everywhere all at once. There is no space whatsoever that does not get touched by the grimdark, like, fantasy. So... Can you make a show that's going to compel people? So, I mean, it's it's going to have to be character-driven in, in my thought process on that. I mean, you're going to have to have somebody who's trying to, you know, survive against, say, you know, the Tyranids or Gene Steelers, you know, something, some great evil coming against humanity uh, while still being in conflict with like how the how the space marines are i mean you've got these gigantic men who who have been bred and made um just for war um so it, it'd be interesting to see how how cavill pulls that so um, you're thinking that it's going to be a like more of a normal human than necessarily will be seeing a space marine story i mean it, it could still be a space marine story, um, but like, I, I think you need to have that, that touch with humanity to actually draw your audience in. Um, you've you've got to have something that's, that's tangible and familiar to your audience, um, because you can have a small percentage of people that'll come to watch to see what 40K um, is on the screen, because they're 40K fans. But I don't you know, even as a passion project, I don't think Cavill is going to get investors or get anybody excited about it if it's only going to serve that one audience. Uh, I think that's one of those things where you want to you want to draw in that bigger audience. Um, I mean, that's that's how I even got started with with Warhammer in the first place. I, I got drawn in with um, Vermintide. Um, because you know here's here's this great awesome game that's very similar to left for dead but it's in a fantasy setting and instead of zombies you've got rats 
and and you get into that game and I've I've heard a lot of people outside of the the Warhammer community that have have picked into that game and I realize it's Age of Sigmar not uh, 40k but then they they poured over and shame on me I'm forgetting the name of the the new one oh it just came out I've been trying to think of it Hold for on. the last five minutes um, but they've they've got a 40k game set up in the in the same sense that they had um, Vermintide. And, and, and none of those characters are space marines, correct? I don't I think so. I think there's think like they a, might be. Total War Warhammer Three. No, 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 not Total no? War. There's um, okay. Mm, We're gonna riff. Gonna have to gonna have to look at that for a minute. But I mean, you you've still got the same formula as you had with it's Vermintide. It's Love for Dead in the Fort K. Yes. Yeah. Um, and. It's it's been fascinating to watch uh, like people play the game, watch cinematics, watch uh, watch a bunch of guys come into a beast of Nurgle uh, while they're playing, and just watch that goofy thing <clears throat> attack them and make these men panic, um, as as you can only do while playing a video game. Um, but it it it's so so good. Um, I haven't picked the game up just because my computer's not quite ready for that. So I've I've got to got to do a computer rebuild. Um, Let me talk to you about GeForce after the podcast. Like there's there's maybe some other ways of working around that for a subscription if you don't mind subscriptions. But nice with 40k. <sighs> uh, I think one of the things that has always and I've not read the books, so I could be wrong about this. But there is an abundance lack, abundant. Sorry, man, I am just making up words today. A a lack of love and caring and compassion in the 40k universe that makes me worried about a show like this. Now, as far as the brutality of it, the, they have announced that this is going to Amazon. So after seeing Invincible, which was an incredible show, but extremely brutal, I think that definitely they have the, the reins and the limits that they can ignore for making the show in the way that 40K is violent. But do you see love in 40K? I mean, it's even with, with Invincible, I, you, you had that human element, and that's what made all of the the violence so so tragic so awful is you you saw it from the eyes of of the son who's realizing that this is something that affects him too um the the game name is dark tide that's what i was looking for is dark tide i i found five different listings for games that came out in 2022 and i was just like (laughs) there's something i can do here (laughs) yeah but and i mean that's it's again it's the it's the human element that that brings that narrative in that makes people want to know what happens next um and that's in my opinion that's what you're gonna have to have you're gonna have to have you know maybe a an ultramarine that has come across people that he feels he needs to protect um you know you might have uh, Amazon does have the technology now to make giant people amongst normal-sized people. Uh, we've seen it in Lord of the Rings. I, I think we can do this. Um, 
I mean, personal just, personal wish list. I would like to see a plot to Murder the Emperor actually yes. play out in cinematic. Like, I I'm very uninvested in a lot of Warhammer, but to me, the death of the Emperor is like one of my favorite things. It's just like yes. <laughs> I've stumbled across the prophecy of like there's gonna be like he's waiting to be reborn, but because they're keeping him alive, he can't. So that would be an amazing way to, to Ooh. view that. Sorry, but, I didn't. I mean, cut no, you no, off. no, no, no. That's that's that. fine. I mean, and and now I'm like, could what if they bring Patty Considine in to that because of you know how how good he is at at ailing and dying on screen. Um, I, Sean Bean in my head. I don't know why, but I see Cavill playing Horus in flashbacks, and not actually being like a main star, but. Somehow we talk about the Horus Heresy and seeing him play the villain, especially after watching him in the the Mission Impossible movie where he like cocked his arms. Like you can see that he is a powerful force that can be just ruthless. Oh yeah. And and seeing him play the ultimate bad guy, I think would be incredible. The I mean the the scenes in um, which one was it? Because it was Superman whenever they brought... Um, oh my gosh, it's not the Avengers. The Why, Justice, Justice League. League. Yeah, the Justice League, whenever they brought Superman back and just how scary, like chilling yes. he was. That's what I want to see in Horus. Um, and that that would be a fantastic place for him. And that way, like he's still kind of in it, but he's also able to... To work behind the scenes, be on set as a as an expert, like he did with The Witcher, as he should be. Yeah, because he had made The Witcher great. He really did, um, and it, it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the 40k universe. Speaking of things being brought to a new universe, we're gonna go ahead and shift our roles now to talk about one of our favorite groups, a band of adventurers, Critical Role. And their current Hell's Bells campaign is going as strong. Uh, been hearing a lot of theories that the side projects that they had, such as Alexandria Unlimited and the one that uh, Abria brought in, are now going to start coming into play for the current series. We can talk more Abria about that. Abria did Alexandria uh, Unlimited. Okay, which was the one that Brennan did? Also Alexandria Unlimited. Oh, they were just that's just the name <laughs> of the, the side yeah. quests. Okay, never mind. I, I did not know that was an overall blanket term. Yep. Um... But they actually are taking a shift and going back into the board game realm. Uh, every week we get to see on the show uh, some amazing products that they're hawking that, of course, as a Darrington Press provider here at Red Raccoon, Ryan would be more than happy to show you all the amazing things that you can order. She's wearing at least two things right now. Mm-hmm. It's true. Represent. <laughs> uh, but the it's new, very comfy. The new game that they're coming out with is supposed to be a cinematic storytelling game. Ryan, how do you feel about this? I honestly am pretty excited. It's not the one that I was um, looking forward to, but that's okay. Uh, one day we'll get our Mafia spellcasters. Um, <laughs> I, I'm excited. I, I always like to have new two-player things to, to try and sell people because a lot of times that's what people are looking for. Yeah. But it's not a kind of overly saturated market. Um, especially for, like, good two-player games. So something that is specifically geared to be that way is very exciting. And to have a more fantastical, like, competitive element is, like, I am so excited. 
I, I don't want to build quilts with another person. I want to fight them. <laughs> <laughs> if only everybody could see the look on her face. Like, she's just, like, just building this excitement. She's like, yes. We'll go ahead. I will have it. Yeah, we'll let her go ahead and run a few laps around the store while I tell some stories from uh, Alex Meehan, who wrote an amazing article about this new product from for Dicebreaker.com. Uh, called Till the Last Gap, the upcoming board game will enable players to act out their own dramatic fighting scenarios in a cinematic fashion. Center around various scenarios within char- wherein, where within, sorry, characters are in direct conflict with one another. Till the Last Gasp sees players exchanging blows, revealing secrets, and collaborating on a shared story between their characters. Designed la- uh, to last around about an hour, the board game is inspired by the climaxes of cinema history, whether it's a superhero movie, an action flick, or a fantasy story. So this, to me, sounds so much more like, not like a board game, but more like just an RPG with with more rules. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoy story-based games, um, and the idea that it's kind of more of a role-playing game than it is a board game makes me happy um i i have no idea how this might be i definitely am not playing in like four games a week (laughs) (laughs) we don't we don't judge here yeah you know that well it's terrible because my group is making me learn different systems now how dare they what jerks i know right cyberpunk the uh the one ring uh, D. i have to go one to the other to the other <laughs> <laughs> they keep on giving you the hardest games to learn too why can't they give you like city of mist or, or magical no, kitties absolutely not no, of course not we're he- my buddy ellie is working on a even crunchier role-playing game and i'm just like why are you doing this um but till the last gasp um I'm very excited about it because not only does it have a couple of different generic characters as well as the ability to build your own, I believe, if I did not I Yes, totally I believe you're right. You can start kind of customizing. They will have exclusive uh, Daring to Press Store only Vox Machina character packs. Ooh. Yee. So come, S- come get your sweet, sweet <laughs> exclusives, friends. Yes. <laughs> so from the looks of it, this is almost like... Uh, just so you know, if you want to look for it online, it, Diceberger has some nice photography that you can check out. It, they do have kind of character cards with special abilities on them. There's going to be some dice rolling. A D20 is going to be included. But you also have cards that show the location that you're fighting at, which seems to give you advantages and disadvantages depending on where the conflict is. Uh, it does seem to be a card-based so that you're using these cards in order to create dramatic action. But everything that I'm reading makes it sound like they said how could we train people to be better combat fighters in RPGs? And this is the game that they came up with. We all watched Liam O'Brien be a wonderful wizard, and we were just like, but I want that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be that. So I wonder, you said that you didn't hear good things about Ukotoa, but it did really well for us at the store, which is their first, the first game they made. I'm curious if this will do better because it is more like role-playing and that's what critical role is that's a really interesting point i also think that the fact that it's a two-player game which yes. that being for so many people the the usual max amount of people they have to play and yeah. ukato was three player yeah. i'm wondering if that's going to also kind of create more of an advantage of picking up i think it's going to do good it sounds interesting to me and i don't that's not generally my cup, cup of tea, tea. Yeah. yeah well and i mean with the the critical role part of it being related to Vox Machina, 
because um, I've I've tried watching some of the some of the game um, YouTube series. Um, it's just it's one of those things where I I can't quite make my my way through it. I might give it another stab sometime soon, but. Uh, Vox Machina, I feel like, is a little bit more accessible since they did that series for Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I I dedicated, like, five or six hours to, was able to watch the whole series, get an idea for the characters, get a grasp on, you know, why everybody's so excited for this one or that one. And, um, you know, I can, I can see where people want to have adventures with these characters or to be like these characters. Yeah. Um, something that even I think Matt himself said, and it may have been one of the others because I watch way too much, um, but Vox Machina as a party is way more heroic and cinematic than the other two seasons, um, which make them a good fit for the game as well as a good fit for TV. Um, while The Mighty Nine would be fantastic as far as like a political sort of like TV show, It'd be a lot less exciting, at least for, you know, most of it. And then we, you know, battle giant monsters and then get back to the regular business. You might know, Ryan, because you've read Mm -hmm. more about it. Did they make it to where the characters that you create can be like a base for an actual D&D character? I don't know for sure. I wouldn't Um, be surprised. That would be, that would be neat. I know Epic Origins did that, the Call mm -hmm. to Adventure, Mm -hmm. which... This reminds me of that. You're flipping out cards and... I was feeling the exact same yeah. way, but that's more building a whole entire narrative for your character, and this is just, like, right. the in-between moments, the actual fights that occur. Yeah. Um, from the reading that I've seen, they have not announced anything like that. Okay. But what I was also thinking was, this is going to be maybe a really fun way to play out, like, you pull characters from other games. I mean, if they could get some other licensing down, like pull Lord of the Rings characters in, or maybe some Brian A. Sanderson characters or things like that, and have more what-if battles. That could be an amazing way for this to not just become a board game, but a game system that can be utilized in a lot of different ways, like we saw with Call to Adventure and some other things that we've seen, Dice Throne. Um, I will say that one other part that I feel like we should note is that uh, this was designed by Will Hindemarch, a developer for the storytelling game Vampire the Requiem. So when it comes to that probably level of complexity, that's probably what we can look forward to. I can't say that I've played it. I know. So Vampire the Requiem was the new world of darkness Mm -hmm. that White Wolf pulled out. So um, because we originally, we started with Vampire the Masquerade and then they, they decided they'd do an overhaul um, change some things up and try to make it so that there were equal levels of power between vampire, werewolf, mage, um, and in, in ways that they could interact with each other. Um, because if you if you try to use the old world of darkness system and put a, a werewolf against a vampire, th- things just go bad. Um, which in which direction? I need to know. The werewolves are so scary. Like, it, and in Vampire the Masquerade, you do not want to mess with a werewolf. That, um, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, nope. You, you, you stay well away from those things. They're, you know. So we're gonna find a werewolf in our next. Our in next our next vampire. Uh, you, you know what? It, do you want to fight a wood chipper? Like you, <laughs> oh, Alexis, fight a wood chipper. No. It's kind of like that. Okay. I don't know, um, Alexis. I think you could take it. <laughs> so uh, Jessica and I are playing a vampire campaign right now together. 
nice. Yeah. And, but but Asher Asher might Asher might pull some <laughs> some dumb things. He he tried to take on an elder Zemishi. Um, but to, to, to kind of come back in, um, like I read through some of the stuff for Vampire the Requiem, but I know I feel like that that new world of darkness didn't take off as well because it didn't include it kind of pushed out all of the world building and the fluff that they had with the old, uh, old world of darkness yeah uh, which is where in like the 20th anniversary and fifth uh, edition which is what we're playing now um, they they kind of brought all of that lore back in and and built up around it so like there's there's part of me that's really skeptical about somebody whose whose pedigree is associated with Vampire the Ma- the Requiem, but Hot also, um, I I think it's, I mean, it, it's a matter of you know you you took out all of this loved lore, and built that from the ground up, and I think that's worth noting that there's I mean there were interesting parts to it, um. And I, I think it's also really, really gutsy. Uh, so while I've got lots of personal feelings wrapped up in that, um, I don't think that the people in White Wolf were choosing poor examples of storytelling because that, that was their brand. Um, so that's a whole lot to say. Like, I've got feelings about Vampire the Requiem, but I think this guy's probably pretty decent. Okay. I'm glad we came back around to it for yeah, you. I, I'm glad I, we were I, able to I'm work through this that. process with you. Yes. I knew that you were internalizing, <laughs> you were verbalizing. That's good. Hey, it's got to be contextual. Exactly. So, speaking of <clears throat> role-playing, we can't go a single podcast without talking about Wizards of the Coast and what they're doing today. It's usually either messing with magic or messing with D&D. Today, right now, in their offices, they're probably trying to come up with the next thing to do to make us all angry. Yeah, that's really, they listen to this podcast and they're just like, okay, what can we really give them for fodder the next week? Um, For us this week, however, it comes from the president of Wizards of the Coast, uh, Chris Cox. uh, Oh, sorry. uh, Hasbro CEO Chris Cox and Wizards of the Coast president Cynthia Williams spoke to investors uh, for a virtual fireside chat. And in that, they made a statement that they believe that Dungeons & Dragons is under-monetized. So, let's first of all talk about the ways that we know it's already monetized. And this is where we kind of come into a weird spot. Because D&D, no matter how much they like it or not, is so much bigger than Wizards of the Coast that... There's people gaining money from Dungeons and Dragons that have nothing to do with the company that actually owns yeah. it. Correct. Um, so from I was just seeing on TikTok the other day, someone had made like a beginner's players mat where it has all of the rules and it's like neoprene. Okay. It's really nice. They're not seeing any money from that. Right. That's not going to be a D and D item, but it is then monetizing D and D. On the other hand, we have D and D Beyond that was just bought and has a subscription service now that is technically pulling in massive amounts of money for them that you would assume from all of our players um so when it comes to monetization what do you guys think of when it comes to D? like what are the thoughts you have my my immediate unfortunate thought is microtransactions yep. and 
If you think that I'm going to pay for a virtual set of shiny polyhedrals, you are very wrong. <laughs> I need them on my counter, or it doesn't count. <laughs> this is some place where, Ryan, you and I disagree vehemently. Yes. And I have run into this multiple times, being what I call, I don't know, new age D&D player. I know, I just got an eye roll. <laughs> it was a one. massive eye roll. It was huge. So I, my, my job outside of recording this podcast every week, of course, is every other week, is that um, I work with Microsoft products. And one of the things that I truly love about them is the synergy behind them, the fact that we can connect so many of them together and create really an ecosystem. And that is exactly what I want to see out of D&D, because it starts making accessibility easier for people to come in and play, whether it's online, whether it's in person. And... I, I think that there is this vehement belief that the more that we digitize D&D, the more there's going to be people that all of a sudden don't want to buy books, that don't want to buy dice, that don't want to work with pen and paper. Like, you're going to be somehow forced out. Like, you're going to become the, like, oh, you guys... The old you, guard. Yeah, you guys brought books? <laughs> Ew. We're playing D&D. &D. We don't use books. I'm afraid that you think that's going to happen someday. There are people who come into the store who's just like, is there a PDF version? And I'm just like, no. <laughs> it's like, yes, but no. Not that, well, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's things like Roll20 that people are already playing on, yeah. on the digital side. I, I, I play in Roll20 literally every week, but it's more, it's less about the accessibility and it's more about the monetization of what is essentially a bunch of pixels that mean nothing. Um, which, video games exist, I'm aware. Um, but I kind of don't want to see every single thing in my life become the same system. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, if you want the fancy things, you have to pay for that. Oh, if you want to... If you want to unlock the magical whatever the heck, it's it's 20 bucks. And it's like, can I just buy the books and play the game, please? Please stop advertising to me. Please leave me alone. So, I mean, so my my thought process with like Roll20 is that there there's monetization there and it gives work to like digital artists. Um, for for the people that create like map packs and avatars and and those types of things. Yeah. And I, I could see, you know, where maybe Hasbro, uh, Wizards of the Coast might get into that type of realm. They have already announced they're creating their own virtual tabletop to go along with their purchase of D&D Beyond. Nice. So, that, I mean, that, and that's a good start, I I've think. I've seen some of that. It mm -hmm. looks very video gamey, which is weird. It's pulling from the Tailspire uh, methodology where you actually have minis that you could like buy the STLs from Hero Forge and automatically have them inserted into the game for you and then you can your dungeon master can digitally build the map within the game. Um, but yes. Yeah. So I mean stuff like that what what I would honestly like to see and maybe it's a thing that's out there and I just keep my head in the sand. Um, having modules that are that are pre-built like that. Like if I want to run say Dragonlance or, or Saltmarsh, having that the, those items already pre-built so that way I don't have to do any of the preparation. Um, that's where I could see good monetization. 
um, where the, the resources are there, the stuff's already built up, and I just have to know the content that I'm running and um, be ready to, to kind of mediate how the game goes. I think that's Rule 20 does do that. Um, it's how I'm running Tmont right now since half of my players are on the West Coast and half of them are in Texas. And Dungeons & Dragons has been just watching Roll20 eat their money on that for a long time. Yeah. Because um, even the resources that they've given us... So, I do... <clears throat> sorry, I do use D&D Beyond. The resources they try and give you in order to make an online battle possible is ridiculously dumb. Like, there's no sizing options that really work where you could like just print it off on a piece of paper. Um, like, even sending links to people is really rough. Um, there's definitely things that Roll20 just does exceptionally well. And I'm wondering if that's part of the monetization plan that they see is let's actually go after Roll20 and, and do it our way. Let's hamstring that shambling poor, poor service. <laughs> <laughs> that only seems to have like one person and five rats that are continually putting wires together to make everything work. That is absolutely how it feels like yeah. sometimes. Just like, yeah. why did you introduce windows? I didn't need the windows. I needed to be able to curve this wall. <laughs> nope, no, nope, but you can't have light that might turn on and might turn off on you unexpectedly. Do your tokens have visibility? Yes. Your player still can't see? Chucks. <laughs> Too bad. So you know what physical D and D items we have in the store currently? I would love to hear this right now. Well, in the new hotness. Oh, that is it. <laughs> look, look at that! Look out. <laughs> Someone segued me. That was amazing. <laughs> yes, let's talk about some of the new items we have in the new hotness. Go. So for it. I know this actually came out a couple weeks ago. So I don't know if you talked about it on the last podcast, but we got the Dragonlance. Well, um, you listen to every podcast, right? I didn't listen to the not newest one yet. You know, mm. I've, I've been busy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As she moves away from the mic, which yeah. really makes this podcast. I listen so to better. it over there when I'm working and you're recording. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That <laughs> I that listen to it live <laughs> all the time. Such a hamster. Um, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. So we've got the alt covers, the regular cover, and the deluxe edition that comes with the board game and another alternate cover. The only one you can get there. I don't know, Ryan. Do you know more about the Dragonlance? Um, so I can segue, segue, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's all good. Um, honestly, tying back into the monetization, I would like to see lore books um, because Dragonlance is, in essence, a sequel. Okay. Um, so this Dragonlance is the continuation of old Dragonlance. Um, while you don't necessarily need to play the original to enjoy the new one. Um, this is very much the second apocalypse. So, it is the return of old villains and all that fun stuff, as far as I'm aware. Because I haven't gotten to play it yet and I can't spoil it. Now, when you say it's a sequel, what is it technically a sequel to? Um, the books, I believe. Okay, so the actual Dragonlance series... Yeah. That was very popular when I was like 13 and 14. I remember picking those up because they had beautiful covers, but accidentally I picked up book three and tried to start there. Not a good idea. Well, I also believe that there was a setting for Dragonlance back, back in the day. Uh, if you... If you're old and crotchety. Uh, Jamie. Jamie just has like something pinged inside his brain that he's needed at the shop. Pretty much. Um... I don't know personally a whole lot about it because it is technically away from Faerun, which is, you know, my my personal bread and butter. 
because I'm basic. <laughs> just muscular yes. ladies and Faerun. Those are your only two Venn diagram <laughs> circles you put together. Exactly. Okay. There, there's sense. a very, very thin sliver, and it's entirely orc barbarian ladies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need going. to introduce you to my sister sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, Welcome to Setup, <laughs> the new podcast from Red Raccoon Radio. <laughs> Uh, where we but. try and figure out someone's fantasy and then so, make it a reality. The, yeah, the next podcast will be Blind Dates for Ryan. Oh, perfect. Yes. <laughs> That'll go over fantastically, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I, but going back to Dragonlance before we get too deep into my, my personal life, um, in, in case you had something clever to say. No, no. <laughs> um, we do have the nice soft touch cover with salt on the front, which is a lovely tongue twister. Um, and it has fantastic foiling with all of that uh, cinders and ashes. It's it's very pretty. That's all I can say for it without knowing anything. Like the back with the rose, it, it makes me happy to look at. It it really is nice. It also has the new lunar uh, sorcerer subclass in it, which sounds fantastic. I am super excited. I feel like we've gotten such a slowdown on subclasses from Dungeons and Dragons lately. A little bit, yeah. And I wonder if we're going to see subclass packs. That's what I'm concerning, too. It's going to make me really sad. Monetization. Yeah. I'd, I, I'd prefer to see more movies. I'd prefer to see more shows. I'd like to see more media. I want my lore books. I want to be a nerd. So we've got children's lore books. I know, but... The Young Adventurer's Guide. Yeah. Yes, well, How to Defend Your yeah. Lair, Live to Tell the Tale, and uh, Monsters Know What They're Doing. Yes. The Monsters and Know What They're Doing. Um, those are not first-party stuff, but... <laughs> no, they're not, but they're, they're um, in the new hotness. They are in the new hotness. Uh, so those books in particular are what is essentially tactical guides. Um, so if you... If you're getting your uh, butt kicked by your players and they're they're bragging about how easy it is, you can pick up these lovely tomes. Um, specifically, the monsters know what they're doing and how to defend your lair in order to make that battle just a little bit more on the edge. And if you're getting your butt kicked by your DM, there is another one. And it is the uh, Live to Tell the Tale book. That is for the player side. Okay. If, if you really need to... Uh, Really need to up your game. Yeah. I will say that multiple times I love the more cinematic elements of role-playing, and they never end well for me, so I am a constant uh, problem for my crew in every single campaign. You, you need to get in touch with my buddy Ellie. She's she's the tactician, and she will be like, okay, so you can have your cinematic moment if we do X, Y, Z, and you'll be taking that fall damage, but they're also going to be taking that fall damage because you're going to fall on them. <laughs> I, I have actually started taking more to playing a monk simply to avoid fall damage because of the processes <laughs> that I've uh, created for myself. Yes. I did see that, surprisingly, there's a new set for Munchkin? Yes. Munchkin it's, 10 in Time Warp. It's, I think it's their anniversary pack, if I remember correctly. Um... It's, it's supposed to add a bunch of new crazy nonsense That's to... That's uh, what Munchkin does, yeah. Well, yeah. I will say Munchkin has probably been the biggest introduction to me to actually getting comfortable getting comfortable role-playing. Um, yeah. Because it was just 
it was everything that I knew about role playing, just in like in a card game form. Like you put on armor, you fight monsters, you you have these weapons. That I can see. Yeah. And then you know it kind of bred me to want to know more or figure out what these. Why is there a gazebo in the game? Like <laughs> I need to look that up. Why is that such a big deal? And that's what got me more and more into it. Um, let's see what you, may, else? you must face the gazebo alone. So yes. there's quite a few Japanime games which I feel like I don't necessarily need to go into um fossil canyon though is extra new as in it came out oh yeah isn't that it's a it's a kid it's yeah kids question it could be adult it's educational yeah it's it's aimed at kids but it also it just looks interesting so it's set collection you're at dig sites digging and getting certain parts of dinosaurs and you're trying to build the entire skeleton Nice. Does it have the actual like scientific naming or is I it I think so. Nice. I don't remember. So is this how we build a brontosaurus? Yes. Incorrectly. Do you Do want you... to build a brontosaurus? <laughs> <laughs> Cuz brontosaurus don't exist, right? Right. They're, right. They were a mix up. Yeah. One of my favorite things about that the brontosaurus. That was the joke. Yeah. Also triceratops and <laughs> I think triceratops, triceratops are real. is my favorite. I think triceratops are re- is real. I might be wrong about that. Paleontologist, write in. I will say one of my favorite things about the brontosaurus, though, is that in the original uh, Transformers cartoon, there was a faction called the Dinobots. They were incredible. Um, And they were supposed to be built off of dinosaurs. And one of them was a brontosaurus. But ever since it came out that the brontosaurus wasn't real, uh, Hasbro has had a hard time trying to explain if this Dinobot should exist, or what they're supposed to be doing, or... See, John, I thought you were doing something really cool there, but Dawn of the Dinobots is no longer in the new Hollywood. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I looked for it whenever I was thinking of you this, and it was gone. so well, though, so we can pretend. But yes. on, on the back of, Dino, the, Dawn of the Dawn of the Dinobots, um, we are also seeing that lovely new Michael Bay movie. <laughs> There's another Michael Bay movie. Yeah, it's br- it's they're bringing Beast Wars in. Oh, yeah, Optimus oh. Primal is, so, is a real thing. So, <laughs> so once you're once you're super hyped on that movie and you want to get into the Transformers card game, we've got your back. And we have a Jurassic Park, uh, not Black Series because that's Star Wars. Wait, what does that say? It's the Hammond, Hammond collection. Hammond collection. Ooh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, fancy, it's, fancy a, boy. it's a lovely, detailed, uh, posable T-Rex yeah. that will surely delight any 12-year-old. Can anyone tell me what the shivers are? Uh, it yeah. looks cool. It like, does look. That box looks gorgeous. It's, it's a pop-up game. I've been so, seeing more and more of these lately, where the game board actually is like, yeah, it has like pop-up, pop-up figures, mm-hmm. and then you move around the board that way. Um, Jesse can yell across if I'm incorrect, he but I believe is, it's cooperative. He's got his headphones in. He can That's hear. Good. After you said that just Japanese... Japanese games. Oh, and yeah, he, he didn't. Yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. Um, I think it's cooperative. It reminds me, looking at it, a little bit of, like, uh, Stuff Fables or Familiar Tales. Ah, okay. But maybe okay. that's just because it with the pop-up, it looks like a storybook, and those are storybook games. It looked kind of like an Adam's Family vibe. So yeah, that would work, too. That direction. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're you're in a, a house, and you're exploring, and you're solving mysteries. Very cool. Don't get the shivers. Not to be confused with the Ed Sheeran song. All right. Well, now that Ed Sheeran has been brought in, that automatically gets us to near the end of the podcast. So let's go ahead and talk about what's going to go on in the store this next week. Because, well, the holidays are approaching. It is imminent. 
Christmas. D20 day. Indeed. Yes. Okay. D20 day. Yeah, yeah. You're, All so. about that. The, oh, that's that's probably my favorite, most clever uh, holiday sale. Do you know that I've never actually worked a D20 day? What? Yeah. Two years of being here, and I've been gone both times. <laughs> Can someone then explain to Ryan what a D20 day is? As if we're doing a podcast trying to inform people about sales at the store. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) D20 Day, because we we would advertise it on Facebook like every day, I think, with a different picture of a die 20. So what that is, is you you come into the store, you find the things that you want to buy for yourself and for your loved ones for the upcoming holiday. Um, And then when you get to the register, you get to roll a die 20. And whatever that lands on is the percentage off you get from your purchase. So you could get up to you could 20%. get twenty percent. I I do know that Ben has fumbled that roll at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you get? Can you get disadvantage or advantage for D twenty day? Does that work out? Ooh, maybe maybe that's something that we should we should work on being a thing for next year. Like the next if, evolution. Turn if, in experience points to get advantage. Yeah, turn Ooh. in experience points for advantage, or like okay. if you purchase over a certain amount, you get advantage. You get one, but it's only one token, so you guys can actually fill up on your one token. Yes, so that's yes. the only thing you'll accept for yes. for advantage D twenty days. That's really smart. I like that. Yeah. Disadvantage if you're rude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Events-wise, we have our first Marvel Champions event tomorrow. Yes. Which Chance and uh, Tony Brooke are going to be running. I'm a huge fan of Marvel Champions. I'm going to try and be there, but I haven't been able to make any promises or commitments yet. But uh, for those of you that like the cinematic universe there's going to be something there for you if you but it's it is a strategy game it is using your deck efficiently and your cards you use up in order to play so it's pretty fast paced you don't have to worry about a lot of resource management it's just go fight the people with a very limited story it's perfect i definitely thought that there was going to be like a little bit of romance there like i am a huge fan of tony brook <laughs> i'm like amazing great guy never met him before no so much. seriously i don't think so if i have tony i'm sorry okay it's just oh. there's just people that connect in my brain that i feel should know each other yeah but i yeah. guess it makes and sense I mean, two of the biggest spenders of red raccoon probably should know each other oh there was a time where i know uh, especially my wife as the main buyer of board games in our life was known as a whale uh, which i think there should be better <laughs> terms for just throwing it out there but like yeah we knew where we were in the charts. Yeah. We've definitely declined since then, but there was a time. Um, and then Tuesday is our monthly Gundam build night. Other than that, everything is our normal weekly events. But Sunday we are closed for Christmas. Yes, that's what I was going to ask. Yes. Just so people know that they can't come in for their last and minute gift shopping. In case you've got a real quick turnaround on this one today, we're closing early. Okay, we will not because it will come out on Monday. So well, Then disregard okay disregarding i've already got to cut uh, a certain curse word out of this podcast so i guess i can do some more editing too only like you know half of it she stopped she self-edited a bit but it was it was just enough that a disney movie would not allow i think i will say that it is a uh it is not the worst that i've done i'll probably just beep that one out the other one that we've had on the podcast 
I had to actually do like some editing that did not turn out well. So Ooh. yeah, not great. Spicy. Um, but with that, our episode comes to a close. I'd like to thank the staff members that joined me today. And if you want your chance to talk about your tabletop with them, come and find them at Red Raccoon Games, located in downtown Bloomington, Illinois, where once again, we are having a D20 sale. We just explained it. Listen back to the podcast. Rewind 30 seconds. This is now going to create an infinite loop that you can't escape this podcast. You're here now forever, and I'm sorry. December 20 is D20 Johnson. day. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Jillian Mesner for the use of her theme music. And feel free to tell us how we're doing by leaving a comment in the podcast app of your choice. Or come right to the source by emailing us at info at redraccoongames.com. Which, by the way, I have not heard back if our audio quality was better in the last episode. We have received an email saying that we were low volume, which I had not heard before. I don't experience but I tried to give us a little bit of a, a boost in the output. So we'll see if that works. If it did, please write back in and tell us. Um, well, if, you'll have to readjust it next time. Because Jamie will be on. That's true. Like, <laughs> yeah. This one, I've just turned everything to I mean, you had to people. turn it up because Ryan's mic was off. But, well, <laughs> yeah, well, and that's why we had to, to do a redo. When you email us, if you throw the word podcast in the subject line, we will do our best to give you a shout out on the show. Uh, but until next time, keep playing. Happy holidays. Bye-bye.